Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hi, Mike. Hi, Matt. I haven't seen you in forever. I know. It feels like it's been a year. I have missed you so much. For those of you that are wondering why, I uh, if you've been watching the Facebook page, you'll know that I was in Israel recently, and I'm back. Yeah, it seems like we haven't done one of these for like a month. I know. It's only been two weeks, but... It oh, has really? Fit. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. But we're not going to talk about Israel today because Matt's going here soon, and we're going to wait till he's back before we both talk about it. Then we'll compare notes and experiences. And then it's on. Yes. So stand by, mate. So what should we talk about today? <laughs> oh, well, we had, uh, I don't even know how this came up, but you were asking or stating the point we should maybe uh, discuss how we came about deciding a tenth or, or 10% is what is required as a tithe. Yeah. Tithing in general and how much should you tithe and what does that look like and what does the Bible say about it? Yeah. Cause and it can, it can be confusing. I could see where people would be confused because <laughs> I got confused just a few minutes ago and then I had to get straightened out. Well, I don't so, know if we're straight yet, yeah, but I, I have my either, own opinion on it. Okay. So why don't we start here? What does the, what does the Bible say and when does it first say it about tithing? Well, uh, it doesn't say a lot specifically about tithing. We kind of went through some of these um, verses and uh, there's references in Malachi about bringing the full tenth into the tabernacle so that my 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 storehouse will be full of food. And I'm I'm doing a mic paraphrase here. Um, we have what was the other one that we we discussed that said a tenth? Jacob. Jacob. The first time I could see that it said ten percent was Jacob after his experience at Jacob's ladder with the stairway to heaven and so forth. Do you have that pulled up? Here, let me find it. So, this was Jacob's, when he had Jacob's dream at the stream, and Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set, taking one of the stones of the place. He put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and at the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. 
And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was loose at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all of that, and all of, and of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So he decided on his own to do that. Yes, he did. That was that was, was Genesis twenty eight, starting in verse ten. If you're wondering, so that was the first time tenth is specifically mentioned. Now Abraham did give something to Melchizedek, yep. but he. It doesn't necessarily say tenth, right? Cain and Abel, the story of you know the the infamous story of the sacrifice between the two brothers, doesn't say how much they gave, or it just says what they gave, right? And that one was accepted over the other. God didn't tell them what to bring there either. At least if he told, it wasn't written down. Yeah, we don't have any documentation of that. Somebody must have said something because they did it, right? And then. we have in Malachi 3.10, depending on which translation you read, uh, it says, bring the full tenth, or it says, bring the NIV is bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then we always love this part that says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. One thing we forget in Malachi is God is um, also accusing them of robbing and stealing from him. Before this, right before this verse is said, and he's saying, bring it into the storehouse, stop robbing and stealing from me. Uh, and, And he's saying to the Israelites, this is your promise. And so it's a context that we have to have in whole and not just little tiny verses here and there. I have a friend that, has an amazing saying, and I'm really going to start adopting this saying a text without context is just a pretext. <laughs> and so when we read, when we read these things and try and take it and make our own context out of it, I think we're doing it, um, a disservice. I think we're doing the Bible a disservice. The one thing that, that I always hold to, and I've held to and when I've asked this question myself, because it's been something that's been in my life. I've been raised in the church, as you have as well. And this is something that everybody, I can almost guarantee you, being raised in some aspect of the church, knows that they say a tenth or 10% is what you have to give. If you're not giving 10%, then you're sinning, is essentially the right. subtext. It's, it seems like it's a legalistic thing, or it's almost a tradition at this point. And, but I think what a lot of people are saying, well, it comes from Leviticus, and if you, depending on the, the version that you look at in Leviticus, most of the versions on, from Leviticus on Leviticus 30 never say 10th. It's only when you get down there to the New Living Translation, do they 
boom, go right there at the top of the verse on uh, 2730, one-tenth of the produce of the land. Yes. But if you go to any other version, it doesn't say one-tenth. Yeah. And that's that's the hard part is always the translation. One thing that I do want to say here as a little disclaimer is I am not trying to say we don't have to give to God. No, and I'm, I'm not saying that either. Yes, that we're not going to the point where we say just hold back everything. That is not the point of this. Um, we're just trying to walk through this question. How did we come to 10%? Right. Cause there's people out there. I know there's been people out there that have said to the, said to the pastor, Hey, when I tithe, does, does my 10% gross or net? Right. It gets and to you, a point of religious. Spirit. Yeah. It starts to become to this thing. It's a, it's an obligation and not a heart thing. Right. And of course you should give to the Lord and you should give to the Lord what your, your heart says and what you're, you feel compelled to give. And this should be directed by the Holy Spirit and your relationship with God. Absolutely. It says in second Corinthians, when Paul's writing to the Corinthians, um, in verse nine, uh, chap- chapter nine, verse six, the point is whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, and he does. And if if you feel like you want to give more than than ten percent or or less than ten percent, and you feel like that's what you can that's that's what your heart is compelled to do, then sure. I think that's fine. Right. Here's so here's here's where I've gone with it. I did um I've actually preached a couple sermons on this. And the one thing that I found was the thing that was required of the Israelites was much more than 10%. So if you look at all the sacrifices and all of the requirements that they were supposed to bring for the festivals, for the feasts, for this all is the Old things, Testament this now, is Old though. Testament, yeah, okay. because it's essentially where we're pulling the 10th from. It's right. the only it place is. that the, the, the word 10th appears. Yes. It never is said in the New Testament. We'll there talk isn't. about that. Later, and that's the difference between Old Covenant and New Covenant as well. That's Testament, Old Testament, Old Covenant, New Testament, New Covenant. And so we'll we'll get into that, I think, too, here. But the sacrificial system, it was set up in a way to set the Israelites apart. They were supposed to be holy, set apart, different, look like somebody else, look like somebody who knows that there is a living God and draw them into this relationship, you will be a blessing to all people because they will know that I am your God. Right? Right. And so this is, you know, we look at the sacrifices like, oh my gosh, it was so hard and and demanding and all of this thing. And actually the Israelites got to that point as well where they hated the sacrifice. The priests, they despised all the killing. I mean, you imagine... slitting the throat of hundreds of cows a day when you've got hundreds of thousands of people bringing you sacrifices and the only people that can do it are the priests. That's a bloody mess. Literally. (laughs) Yes, it is. Wow. But, um, the way that some of these on the old Testament though, didn't they pick the best animal for a group though? I mean, didn't, it's not like every farmer and rancher brought, brought their own critter. No, well, didn't they didn't they bring one that would did that it, served it depended the masses? On, it depended on the sacrifice. There was there were seven different sacrifices that were required. And of the Israelites. There's so here's here's uh, here they are. Uh we have the burnt offering. Right? Okay. 
We have the fellowship or the peace offering. All right. We have the guilt offering, the principle of substitution. Um, well, and my list quits there. But there were seven different. There were seven seven different ones. I think um, what I was referring to is the, the one that's that people think of when they think of this is the scapegoat. You know, the one where they yes, the scapegoat. That's yes. the other one where okay. they would pick the goat and they would. In, in they would say, "Okay, this is for all of our all sins sin. from everyone yep. in the in the tribe or the community, and this, and then we send him out." Yeah, and then he goes, and they send, and they, and he runs out into the desert. Right, and and that's the the metaphor of God taking the sin away from the people. Correct. So, like, there's all these different things. The one, the one that I really focused on that really meant something to me was um, this this fellowship offering. Because it was like a meal. So you brought your your offering, your animal, your bull, your goat, your sheep, whatever it was. It was the best of the best. Okay? And then you bring it to the tabernacle and you sacrifice the animal. But you're there with your family. And the whole point was to sit down and have a meal and a, and a, and a couple of days where you enjoyed this meal in the presence of God at the tabernacle with your family and with the priests. It was, it was a celebration. Yeah. Okay. So I, I had to kill the best of my flock and, and that's a big sacrifice in itself because, well, that was going to be kind of the money maker of my, of my resources. But the point was to remember and be in the presence of God. And, and that was just one of the offerings that was there. Is that 10%? I don't know. Depends on how big your flock is, I guess. Well, yeah, and I don't – once again, I don't necessarily know if you have a 1,000 cattle and you sacrifice one, that's not – Ten percent, right? That's one thousandth percent. Yeah. So, okay. And I don't but if it's if, the best, um, it's the heart. It's a heart thing. It's like, it's, bring me your best. I think it's. I think. I think it's a gratitude thing, right? Is what I would say. Um, you know, it says God loves a cheerful giver, right? He does. God loves a grateful giver. God loves a not uh, giving under compulsion or out of obligation. You know. Right. It's not a check the box thing. It's a check your heart thing. Right. I think that's what we should take out of this. And I'm not saying, and don't read into this and saying you should only tithe. It's okay to only tithe one thousandth of your percent of your right. income. <laughs> because if you're looking for, here's the, this is the hardest thing is really when it says that uh, each one of you. So when Paul says each one of you should give as he has decided in his heart, how do I decide in my heart between me and God? what it is that I need to give me and, and I, my wife's going to be laughing at this because we used to go rounds about this when we first got together. I'm like, no, give 10%, give 10%. She's like, why, why can't okay. I give more? Or we can't give that this month. Or maybe I want to give it here or maybe, and you and were we legalistic about the 10%. Oh, I was and stuck. she was like, we can't give, we, she wanted to give more or less either or it yes. didn't matter. I was, that's the number and okay. we we're going to figure it out to the penny. Okay. And right. she's like, that's dumb. Right. <laughs> and God doesn't want that. And he doesn't want us to be illegalistic. And, you know, it's just, I mean, down to the penny. Right. I, you can, I think you can round up to the next dollar. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> 
a whole dollar. Give it. But I think it's about being grateful. And Jesus tells the parable, or not even the parable, he gives a, a in real time example of of what it means to give out of your heart. And so he tells the disciples as they're standing there and the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and the rich people, they're all going to the temple and they're giving this immaculate amount of money and they're making a big show of it. Right. And they're throwing it into the, the offering box at the tabernacle and, Oh, look at me. Oh, look at me. I can give so much money. And then this, this widow comes and she throws in a penny. Yeah. And Jesus says, she has given more than everyone who is here. Right. And it was a heart thing. And she gave 100%. She gave everything she had because she wanted to honor God. Right. And I don't, I don't, on the, on the flip side of it, I don't think God's saying, Hey, just be stupid and give everything you have and don't be a good steward of your money. But he's also saying, be willing to give what I ask you to give or what, what you feel that, that, uh, is in reverence of me because he's going to supply all of our needs. Right. And I guess you have to understand what is the most important thing to you and is the kingdom of God the most important thing to you and serving that kingdom. Is that important to you? Yeah. Do you realize in a hundred years your money isn't going to matter? Yeah. It's, it's not, but the way, the way you give it now while you're alive to God's kingdom will matter in a hundred years. How are you sowing into the kingdom? Exactly. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, due to Jacob and the interpretation of Leviticus, do I think 10% is a good guideline? I do. I do think 10% is a good guideline. I, th- I think if you, okay, so you're maybe a new believer. Or, or you've never even thought of this ever in your life. And you're saying, well, what would be, what would be something that I, that I should give to God? I want to give to God. I want to honor him. I want to be a good steward of my, of my money. Um, you know, shoot 10%, go for it. Why not? It's not like it's wrong. Right. You know, it's not, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but I think that the beginning is when we said it becomes a legalistic religious spirit of, I'm going to give to the penny. And well, I've given as much as I need to, so I'm good. Right. Well, and then you could say, well, what happens to the single mom with four kids who says she makes, you know, $17,000 a year. And she says, I don't feel like I can give $1,700. Right. I barely make every paycheck. Right. So, and And, and she doesn't give 10%. And then you say, well, you don't have any faith. Right. And well, you're not giving to God, right? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, you can't be blessed because you don't get 10%. Yeah. God's not going to open up the store. It doesn't say that in you. the Bible. And, you know, and she may not give anything, but then when, you know, she has a, another season of her life, she may give more. Right. And I don't think it's not like some catch up clause where you're <laughs> trying to catch up from when I didn't pay. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm in trouble. Yeah, me oh too. boy, am me I in trouble. Too. I got me 20 too. years to make up for. <laughs> me too. So it's a hard thing people. And I, I think you just have to, you have to examine your finances. You have to examine your life and you have to examine your relationship with God. And you have to, it, if it doesn't feel right, then there's, you got to check your heart and yeah. you got to figure it out. Yeah. And we can't tell you what that looks like in a percentage wise. 
And it doesn't necessarily say that in the Bible, you know, exactly that you, that's required. Right. And I'm sure that, that this can create some pretty serious emotions in, in those that are listening. Yeah. Ones, it's, it's your money and people well, get really touchy about that. And, sure. And especially when you're saying, well, 10% is not what the Bible says. Uh, that's, that's been taught in America. Yeah. Pretty much solidly for hundreds of years. Yes. <laughs> and again, we're not saying not to tithe. That's not what we're saying. God, no, you totally should tithe. God, God has always set up a system of, of uh, gratitude, of just giving back to him. And it's sowing into the kingdom now. So we're in the new covenant, right? Mm-hmm. We're in this covenant of grace and love and relationship. And that, that right there, how do I decide what is good to give to God in my heart? Right. I have a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit that means he talks to me. That means I can hear from him. That means I know, you know, I, yeah, you said it. I, it feels good. I have peace about it. Um, yeah. When I start to get into that legalistic part, it starts to become a burden. And I'm just like the priests who hated killing the cows every day. I hate giving. And, right. that's and God under- doesn't want that. No. God doesn't want that. So he doesn't want you to be legalistic. He wants, he wants you to do it out of love and your relationship with him. And you know what? He'll give back to you out of love and his relationship with you. He's already given abundantly of course all he the has. things that we need. And what is it that we need? We need a relationship with God. We need his love. Salvation and redemption. Salvation and redemption. Now, will you not be saved if you don't give a certain amount? No. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Jacob did start the standard, though, with 10%. Now, where he came up with 10%, I don't know. (laughs) And it could have been, yeah. uh, I think you mentioned it before we started. It could have been something that was instilled from the culture that they were in. Right. And it could have been like some norm of society back then that he just, he came up with 10%. Well, that's what's the, you know, that's what. No, that's what we used to give over here in this God. So I'm going to. That's what the Assyrians do. So I guess I'll do that to God. There you go. You know, we were in a restaurant once back when I was a kid and we were talking about tithing. And, or tipping, tipping. Right. And, uh, I think my dad told my brother, he said, yeah, we always will. It's 10% is what is, is kind of the standard. And Matt said, oh, it's just like God. And he's like, well, yeah. He goes, well, I guess if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for the waitress. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're in a restaurant and you only tithe, if you only tithe, you only tip 10%, they'd think you're a cheapskate. Right. Now it's 20. Oh man. See? So, I don't know. I don't know either. And I don't, you know, there may be there may be some opinions that you guys have out there that you'd like to share with us, and we'd love to hear them. Uh, I'd love to talk through this, but you have to email us in order to do that, Mike. Matt. Right. I would I would think a good rule of thumb though is if if God has really blessed you financially, you should bless him back, or bless his people. And bless his people back. Yeah. And, and that doesn't have to be through the church. It can be through, there's a lot of other places you can give. Um, you know, you can give Salvation Army or homeless shelters or anything else. I mean, yeah. that, that could, you can consider that part of your tithe if you want to call it that. But right. do you have to sit down there with your accountant and, and, and start getting the abacus out and say, how much did you give to each little thing? And how, what does that percentage look like? Oh, you missed and this then wear, one. And wear a little badge around that says, I gave 22% last year. I think or, that sounds like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Totally does. Mm, that's weird. Yeah. I think we pick up some of that religious spirit. It just follows us around and it starts to derail us. 
in our walk with Christ. And that's, again, I go back to what Paul said, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. Also says, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. It says, don't do it for show. Exactly. Do it because you know that this is what God is asking you to do. This is going to benefit his people and his kingdom in order to, just as Jesus taught us to pray, your will on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And in that vein, I think it's best to keep it a secret. Yeah. You don't need to flaunt it. If it, you know, it's, it's, it's not for you. It's not for your glory. Right. It's for the benefit of the kingdom of God. It's not for others to know it's between you and God and he'll bless you if you keep it between you and God. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, again, I'm going to say it one more time. We are not saying you don't have to give back to God. <laughs> yes. Give and give lovingly and give uh, you know, abundantly. But pray, listen, talk to him, decide in your heart what you are wanting to give. Give cheerfully, not out of compulsion, not, not because you feel obligated, but because you know God has supplied all your needs and he will continue to supply all your needs. And you can pour out to others because God is pouring into you. Right. And if you're worried about if it's gross or net and how do you give out of the 10% of that, then you've missed the point and you need to go check your heart and figure it out. Do a heart check. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because you missed the whole point of this podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Please write in, hit us on the Facebook page, send us a message. However it is that works for you, we'd love to hear from you. I think that wraps it up. I think that wraps it up. Well, Matt, it's good to see you again. Love you, Mike. Love you, Matt. Okay, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.